0: Welcome to Who You Calling Crazy? This is a unique mental health podcast. We are erasing the stigma, and elevating and normalizing dialogue around mental health. Of course, we'll be sharing practical therapy tips, but most importantly, we'll be diving into the stories and vulnerability of people you know or want to know. I'm your host, Julia Cunley.
1: So I'm Kinsey. I own Simply Dare, which is a home organizing and relocation firm here in Charlotte. And we help busy professionals get organized. So it can be as small of a project as, you know, a pantry, or we also work with people on their whole entire home. So um, I have a team of people now who help me and it's just really fun. Every project is totally different. It's just, it's great helping people like feel good in their space and have that shift, you know, with how the energy feels in the space too, Mm -hmm. which is really fun since my background is in health promotion Mm and public health. And it's like that perfect merge of like my background and formal education. And then just really practical stuff that I've always known how to do as a type A person.
0: (laughs) Interesting. And it's something that's become really like trendy and popular too, like in pop culture with all of the Marie Kondo and uh, all these other shows that we can watch. Like people are really into this right now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Especially with the pandemic. So that really catapulted things a lot. Yeah. Um, obviously Marie Kondo did a lot with her Netflix series and getting it in the collective consciousness, I think. Yeah. But yep. then, you know, Home Edit kind of took it a step above and right. that aligns and resonates more with the American culture, I think. So, I mean, they have like 6 million followers on Instagram. I mean, it's, it's wild, like wow. how big they've gotten. And it's, it's really fun to see how big an organizing company can be and, and what kind of impact they can have on the right. world. Especially me knowing that like, this wasn't even an option two years right. ago, you know, like right. I had no idea that these type of companies existed.
0: Yeah. So and what I find so interesting is that you're really it's a really intimate thing. I mean, you're invited into people's homes, into their spaces, and it can be really jarring for a lot of people, like like literally opening up their junk drawer and seeing all their shit and seeing, you know, and being privy to their habits and all of these things. I mean, that's a really exposing feeling for some.
1: Yeah. We've had some people that have reached out to us that have expressed that they've wanted to do this for a whole year or Mm. longer and it has taken them this long to reach out. And then we have other clients who were like, Hey, yeah, like you can go ahead and organize my underwear drawer. I have no idea who you are. It's not a big deal.
0: (laughs) You just learn, you learn a lot about people, like either their willingness to be vulnerable or their, again, their patterns, like how rigid they might be, all sorts of things. Like, do you guys talk about that as a team, how to create kind of a safe environment in that context? Yeah,
1: that's one question I ask in my interview process is, you know, like, what would you say to someone who kind of, you know, might express some shame or embarrassment? And Mm -hmm. um, that's one thing that I want to always make sure that our team is comfortable with. Because, yeah, I mean, we want to like your home is a safe space and you're inviting these, you know, strangers. Yes. Your home that. I mean, people know me on Instagram and that's why I try to be active on there just so, you know, it's like I'm connecting with people and people understand the personality behind the brand and everything. But yeah, it's still, you know, you've got these random people in your house and Mm -hmm. you have to be comfortable with that. And you have to have people on the team that know how to handle those emotions when they come up and Mm -hmm. um, can be Mm. kind of like emotional support system, but also obviously the skill with the organizing too.
0: Right. What a balance. I mean, you and I had started to talk about this before we started recording that it is, there is so much psychology behind how we attach to our things, what our physical environment, how our physical environment impacts our mood. Mm -hmm. Um, I've written several articles on some of that, just um, the impact of physical clutter on mental clutter, for example. Uh, So I think there's a huge, there's a huge overlap for both of us. And this is a perfect conversation to be having because I just don't think that we talk about that enough. Maybe
1: I know. And it's funny too, because when I graduated, um, for my master's program, my first job, um, was being a health coach basically at this health insurance company. And the reason I took it is, you know, I knew it wasn't going to be a climb up the corporate ladder kind of job. I needed a bridge job between then when I graduated and then whenever I left to move abroad to Australia, So I just kind of needed something to like help me save up for that year before I left. And it was the great, it it was the perfect kind of job because I wanted that experience of being a health coach, but again, you know, not much upper mobility with that. Right. So I was like, okay, I don't know if I can make a full-time career out of this, but let's give it a go. And whenever I was coaching people, I never talked to them about their home environment. Mm -hmm. And it was such a oversight because, you know, I was so focused on blood work and numbers and nutrition and fitness routines and all those kind of things. Yeah, I was never asking people like what their home life was like or, or their environment. And that's, I mean, I learned that in school, you know, the sure. environment is like such a big impact on how you can interact with the world and sure. you know, for your mood and everything. So.
0: Oh. I always think about that. I'm like, dang, like, why did I not talk about that? <laughs> I, but I, I I, can relate unless somebody brings it up. It's not a go-to intake question, for example. So even as you're saying that, I'm like, I should integrate that more. All even down to just how we, how we decorate our homes, what we surround ourselves with, what attachment do we have to, to those things? Again, to that point, is it really something that connects with us personally, or is it just because this is some curated, you know, magazine look like those things make a big difference what colors we use, about how we, what we know, what we paint the walls, all sorts of those things have an impact on our moods and emotions.
1: Yeah. I like to go to high point market a couple of times, you know, whenever that happens twice a year, so easy for us to get up there. And it's just a fun hobby for me. Like I love interior design. I actually started off in interior design in high school on that track. And then I got a lot of influence from friends and family members who were like, Oh, you know, cause again, I was like, good at math I love numbers I love mm-hmm. like the black and white of math I don't really <laughs> like English literature all that kind of stuff it always mm-hmm. threw me off <laughs> but then I like the creative side of designing a space decorating furniture I just like was so enthralled by all of that and so I thought that was the perfect job but then of course I got influence from everyone who's like well you have to be like a really good designer to like make a lot of money like y- you have to be like top of the class mm-hmm. so it made me feel self-conscious that like, oh, maybe I couldn't do that. So mm-hmm. I decided to go a safer route with nursing. You know, I always loved healthcare sciences, like mm-hmm. that. kind of thing too. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll do nursing. But it's funny how it's like, I've kind of like come back to that. Mm-hmm. But when I go to High Point Market, like sometimes they'll have those classes on how design is really like a health thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) like if I mean does interior design could be in like the health sciences department at colleges if it really wanted
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean it it just makes you wonder like are those who are who are the top of the class are they attuned to that and that's what resonates with people you know that's so interesting yeah
1: I think people just think design it's like this creative like outlet or Mm -hmm. it's like totally separate from like science where it's very like black and white. But I mean, I really do think a lot of how your space is set up. So whether it's like design or organizing, I mean, that totally impacts how you feel in your home and how you feel in your body. And then like how you feel accomplishing things in the world. Uh, Like something I always say is like the home, your home is the foundation for everything you want to accomplish. And, you know, I just, Feel confident saying that because I know that from experience. Yeah. You know, like I've, that's why I've always been pretty organized because when I was younger, I always noticed if something felt off in my surroundings or cluttered or disordered, you know, all those things, like I just felt like I couldn't focus on my studies. I couldn't focus on schoolwork. I couldn't right. feel good in my space. So, and I know people are more sensitive than others. Sure. So I don't think everyone has the same type of, mm-hmm. you know, effect with it, but. Mm subconsciously, I still yes. feel like that's probably everyone the same. It's just whether it's conscious or not. <laughs>
0: that's right. And I love how you said, like wh- how you embody it too, like what you feel like in your body. Cause that sometimes that's just a low level tension that, right. Maybe it's not in your consciousness, but that makes a huge difference. So for you, let's connect it to just a little bit about your own mental health journey. And, and I love just hearing a little bit about how you kind of took a windy path, but ended up back kind of where you were meant to be. <laughs> Um, but what, what can you share with us just about your own mental health journey? So my
1: first experience with even knowing what mental health was, was in fourth grade. Um, when I actually saw a psychologist or psychiatrist actually for the Mm -hmm. first time and was diagnosed with ADHD. Mm -hmm. So basically throughout my whole like schooling, I was, I was diagnosed with that and and medicated for it. So I would see a counselor or, you know, again, psychiatrist, Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't a full like drawn out thing. I think it was like maybe a six or six uh-huh. months, maybe a full year, but I would go once a month. And I remember because I was having a lot of behavioral issues when sure. I was young. I was like, just for lack of a better word, I was just like off the walls, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. very so- hyper, very like bored easily, just like, you know, talkative, like all those things like would get upset easily for no reason. Mm-hmm you know, had a younger brother would like, if he would be like, you know, screaming some Barney song or like, yelling. Mm-hmm. my mom always tells me the story. She he was like, just singing this Barney song, you know, like happy, go lucky little kid. And I was like, shut up. Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: you know? So emotionally dysregulated. Yep. Which we yeah. see a lot with ADHD and kiddos.
1: I know. And it's just like, mm-hmm. I just didn't know how to handle those emotions. Yeah.
0: Yep. So
1: um, that was really my first experience. I remember going to the psychologist or psychiatrist and she would, teach me this like stop sign method Uh Uh of stopping, thinking, like breathing, then reacting. And so that was like my first experience with any of that. And then um, as I got older, I mean, my, some of my family members have had struggles with addiction. Mm -hmm. So we would do family therapy um, Mm -hmm. a little bit, you know, here and there. And then more recently as of like probably 2018, 19, I actually started seeing a therapist, mm-hmm. you know, like a, a regular therapist once a month, and I actually haven't Great. been in about a year and a half because it got to a point where you know I'd been there for two years, I think, mm-hmm. um, and I went for a specific reason that I sure. knew you know, something was going to happen, and, and it did, and I stopped going because you know we were talking in the past couple meetings, and I was like, I feel like I don't have anything to talk about anymore, and she was mm-hmm. like, You have to keep coming, like mm-hmm. you're in like a maintenance phase right now, mm-hmm. and like totally just come back, you know, as self-care when you feel like you need it. Like it, we don't need to continue this if you don't feel like
0: you need it. I love it. that. I so. love that. And I, lo- I always try to highlight that, that collaborative part of the process that again, there's never a wrong time, but in this case, you knew what the trigger was um, or was going to be and what you wanted to process. You moved through it and that, you know, you can always return. I think that's the beautiful thing about a a solid, secure therapeutic relationship. Yeah.
1: It was amazing. <sighs> I I, mean, I love her. So it was, Something that I didn't expect because, you know, I came to the meeting. I'm like, well, I'm trying to think of things to
0: talk about. (laughs) Right. So you don't have to. I mean, you know, but so I want to go back to the STOP acronym because that's a great mindfulness skill uh, that we teach people of all ages. So the S being STOP, whatever you're doing, just pausing momentarily to really just drop into your body and be aware of what's going on. The T is take a breath. So reconnecting with your breath. You don't have to change the quality of it. Just, again, bringing your attention to it. The O is observe, just noticing what's happening inside of you, outside of you, really grounding in the moment, and then the P proceed. Then you can continue what you're doing, and it just helps us bring that pause and that intentionality to to a moment versus uh, reacting. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's amazing. I mean, I should pro- I should think about it more as an adult now that you say
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's and we love acronyms in psychology. So many acronyms, especially with coping skills, and uh, you know, and it's helpful though because. You find the ones that really resonate with you. And if you can memorize what, what the acronym stands for and keep it in your back pocket, it's a great tool. Uh, so yeah, I think we all could benefit from that. We talk so much about that uh, responding versus reacting. And that's one of the things that the STOP skill helps us do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so you have a, a familiarity, a comfort level with using the resources available to us um, for mental health exploration. Um, and I think that's one of the things that drew me to you too. I'm like, you you have no problem talking about it and being authentic about it. And that's really the point of this podcast is, is people being able to just normalize that, but it's okay.
1: Yeah. That was something that I went through when I was dealing with a lot of family issues and my, um, I would say it got really intense during college Okay, and you just kind of feel like you're the only one dealing with this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And the more I talk about it with people, even if I'm just like at a happy hour and like get in a conversation with someone and we're talking about family members. I mean, I feel like I'm just that kind of person that can go deep pretty quickly Uh because I just, I just like to have those kind of conversations. Uh And I'll like almost everyone I talk to has some type of issue that an issue might not be the best word, right? Because it does have a negative connotation, but everyone has that like thing that they're dealing with. (laughs) in life, whether it is family related or Mm -hmm. whatever. I mean, a lot of times it is family related. And that made me feel good because I was like, okay, I'm not the only one Mm -hmm. that's dealing with this and having to, you know, I was 27 years old or 26 Mm -hmm. years old when like I had my first probably like mental health breakdown, I would Mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I feel like I'm too young for this. But Mm -hmm. again, it's like, you just, it's that we shouldn't compare ourselves or think that we're the only ones dealing with something. Um, We're not.
0: And that's the problem with stigma, right? Is that it keeps us us so isolated. And even just, again, your awareness of the language around it. uh, You know, she has issues. He comes with baggage. You know, all of these things that really do represent like judgment and pathology as if we don't all have something. (laughs) Yeah
1: it's comforting, you know, just knowing that you're not alone,
0: I guess. Absolutely. And that's when we feel most connected to others most often, right? When we can just keep it real and not have to put up this front that just continues to maintain this idea that I shouldn't have anything wrong. I shouldn't be able to keep up with all of this when you can let that down, even though it can be scary for a lot of people, it's, it's freeing on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. So any more you would add just to kind of some of the, um, the bigger mental health challenges that you've overcome?
1: Therapy was really just the best thing that I could have done. Mm -hmm. I knew when I got back from my travels, I was gone for about a year and a half. And then I was moving back home, trying to find a full-time job and, you know, get settled and, you know, just kind of start life over again here. Mm -hmm. And I'm from Charlotte. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I was back in my hometown and I knew that my dad was pretty sick. Um, because he had a stroke while I was gone, okay. and he wasn't doing well, and I just knew something was probably going to happen soon. Okay. So that's really, I mean, I I started my corporate job, and luckily they had a benefit, you know, to go yes. see therapists. I think it was three sessions okay. for free at first, yeah. or something like that, to kind of get you in with someone, and then you know the rest was paid, of course. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I feel like I need to, like, I'm just one of those people. If I get benefits, like I'm going to take advantage of them. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
0: And I love that that's an opening for people and invites people into the process, but it's also frustrating that it can feel so time limited if you don't have the resources. Yeah.
1: I know. So, and actually sidebar, one of my friends who works at a different corporation, um, she's actually going to weekly therapy and it's all free, which
0: is (gasps) incredible. Amazing. I think we're starting to see some shifts there with, with benefits offered, but yes. Okay.
1: Mm -hmm. So with my situation, I was just like, I need to get in with someone because I was kind of, I like moved back and was just like, had all this stuff kind of plopped on my plate. Like, this is all the stuff you need to deal with, with your family now too.
0: Wow.
1: Um, So I just was like, you know, I I just need some extra support. And yeah, Mm. again, I had therapy before, like I was not afraid of it. And I knew Mm. that's exactly what I needed. Yeah. You know, I like journaling and meditation and all that too. But I mean, I feel like that can... Mm-hmm. Sometimes only get you so far. Like you just really need that talk therapy. And even whenever I met up with her, you know, she was like, you know, what is, what do you want out of this? And really, mm-hmm. a lot of it was just like a sounding board, mm-hmm. and you know, just to help kind of have a third opinion, a third party opinion on like yeah. going through, like, am I is this like the right response for this? Or, you know, and of course she would never give me
0: an answer. (laughs) Are we so annoying with that? (laughs) I was like, I need you to tell me what to do. That's another great point. Yeah. We don't give advice. We don't give answers, but hopefully we make it clear as to why. Um, But that can feel really frustrating. Actually. Like I'm paying you, like, just tell me what you think.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, But it was still, I mean, regardless, it, it was just I'm I'm just yeah huge fan of it and for that specific moment in my life that's definitely what I needed and then it kind of you know after two years it got to a point where we were in that maintenance phase yeah. and why so I haven't been back but now I'm going through some more stuff so I'm like maybe I need to get back
0: on here we go there we go well thanks for sharing that yeah I'm so sorry to hear about that that grief and but I, yeah I think you brought up a couple things I'd like to highlight too just that sometimes people will say why do I need a therapist I have friends. Um, those are my sounding boards. Like I have people to talk to and those are really valuable. And there is definitely a distinction, uh, because it can feel, you know, especially if the rapport is good in a good way, it can feel like you're just kind of hanging out with a friend and talking and venting. Um, but a good therapist is constantly listening and observing to the, you know, the nonverbals, the nuances, the stories within the story and, um, you know, helping you, pull together patterns and themes and throwing in some interventions and skills along with that, things that, you know, our friends aren't trained to do. So I always just think that's an important distinction because it is an investment. And so some people think, well, I just can talk to my best friend instead of paying X amount. Uh, but that's the difference.
1: Oh, and for me, I'm one of those people that feels like I'm burdening people Mm -hmm. by talking about this. Mm -hmm. So I probably should lean on my friends more, to be Mm -hmm. honest, (laughs) Mm -hmm. because I'm just that kind of person. I think it's just growing up with that like Mm self-reliant kind of mentality. And I don't know if that was, you know, I don't think my parents were really like forcing that on me or not. But like, you know, most people kind of grow up thinking like, oh, you don't really need to ask for help. You just figure out how to do it on your own. Like you just use your smarts and like figure it out. And I think that's kind of like where I come from with a lot of this stuff. And it is that fear that you're just, annoying someone or burdening someone if you're talking to them about like some issues that you're going through and i've had my friends tell me like please talk to us you know so i know it's like i don't have bad friends i have really great friends
0: (laughs) yes but But that's such a great point we we can get really in our heads about bringing the mood down burdening people i can figure this out so it's striking the balance yeah
1: that was for me i was like you know i would just rather have a professional kind Mm -hmm. of help work through this Mm
0: -hmm. so yeah and the other thing about uh advice in giving answers is that what comes to mind just off the cuff for me is that first and foremost we're human we're not some f- fortune tellers that you know like we have the information you've given us and you know other framework that you know within certain theories that we might have learned or whatever but but ultimately we don't know what the right answer is going to be we might have a hunch We might be able to steer you away from something that might be a maladaptive pattern that you're stuck in or something like that. Um, So that's part of it is that uh, I think people tend to forget like, yes, we're experts in certain things and facilitating what's going on in the room, but we're also just human. (laughs) And the other part being that so much of therapy is about helping people tap into their inherent strength and inner knowing. And so there's a lot of like flipping the script back on the client when someone asks me a question, you know, and I might either say like, why is that important to you to know or, um, otherwise helping you tap into and learn to trust your own inner knowing, which is a huge, huge piece of the therapeutic process.
1: That was a lot of what I came to her for too, because I was at a point in my life where I didn't trust myself or decisions I was making. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this was before I even started my business, you know, when I was in that corporate job. So I can't even... I'd have to like rack my brain again. To, I mean, I think it was at the time it wasn't really anything career or business related. It was literally just like, how do I deal with these like personal issues, and like the boundaries and, you know, am I saying the right thing or am I acting the right way to this woman oh. versus this man? Like there was so much confusion I had about all that. And that was where I did I needed therapy because none of my friends really were going through the exact same situation that I was going through. Mm -hmm. Some of them have, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe had some siblings or family members that might be struggling with stuff. And, you know, they might be dealing with it a certain way. But for me, it was like two direct family members, you know, Mm -hmm. in my like nuclear family. Mm -hmm. And um, it was pretty extreme situations. So just like, I feel like, I'm kind of unique in this. I don't really like have someone else that's going
0: through the exact same thing. Sure. And that is such, there's a lot around identity with when it's family of origin in particular. Yeah. So there's a lot to unpack there, which again, you know, people are always like, "Oh, of course, therapy is always about mom and dad and da da that. Not always, but there's also a lot of truth to that because those are our formative years where we really create our core beliefs and our our value system and and things like that. So, of course, some of that family of origin stuff comes up and it can be really hard, really hard.
1: Well, and it's also knowing that most of the time your parents or family members or anyone you're surrounded yourself with is doing the best they could at the time with the information they
0: had. Yep. <laughs> that's right. And that's a very compassionate response. Yep. No,
1: like it's it there's not really it's not really like you're going there to like Blame someone. Yeah, feel feel like you're the best person in the family, and like, well, I don't know, whatever. Right, right. right. That's the come out of it.
0: Yes, that's the both and. You know, I have, I understand they were doing the best they could, and they hurt me. You know, like those two things can be true, (laughs) but you're right. So it's not about blaming and shaming, but it is about being able to help people, especially as we grow older and have our own insight and self awareness, figure out how to pick up some of those pieces and reshape something if we need to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's hard work. Thanks for sharing all of this. And I can tell how it informs your, your work too. And it, it just, it feels deeper than just, you know, let me help you organize your utensil drawer, <laughs> which is valuable too, but it feels, <laughs> it feels deeper than just that.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that's what, I mean, that's really why, you know, I, cause I got laid off from that corporate job, you know, when the pandemic started and, But before that I was furloughed. And that's when I was like, okay, you know, got to find a side business idea, something to keep me busy. I was getting to that board state of (laughs) pandemic and I landed on the professional organizing thing. And it was just this, the biggest light bulb moment I've ever had in my life. We'll probably never forget it. And I just knew at the time I was like, I just know this is something that I can be great at. and, And really just, you know, if I'm, Dedicated to a goal and can see myself doing something well, like I can stick to it and and just trust myself again. Yeah. You know? And knowing that I can figure it out, like everything is figure outable, you yes. know, like, like Marie Forleo saying. So yes. I think that's like the mentality I have with most things in life. I'm like, I just will figure it out. So, but for me, I was, you know, doing a lot of research on like other organizing companies here in Charlotte, and it just seemed like no one was really talking about intentional living and, mm-hmm. you know, how organizing can help you live a better life and help you accomplish your goals and like why intentional living matters and like how you can be intentional with your space and time. Mm. And like, it just has this big trickle down effect into like all these other areas of life, especially for high performers Mm. and like busy professionals that we're talking to. And I know like the C-suite executive is probably not going to resonate with my like journaling posts or whatever, you know, on Instagram, but it, I mean, I don't really care about that. You know, it's just like, that's, I really care about like the deeper reasons why you might be struggling with disorganization and like, what is it you're trying to accomplish in your life that like this disorganization is blocking.
0: Beautiful. I yeah. really
1: love that part of it.
0: Beautiful. Last question is, uh, tell me more about the the name simply dare. So my middle name is Dare. Okay. okay. Awesome. That's
1: really what it comes down to. And there's really no significance behind that other than my mom and dad had no idea what my middle name was going to be by the time uh, they were having my baby shower. (laughs) You know, it was like coming down to the wire. so cool. They knew they liked Mackenzie. That's my real first name is Mackenzie. And one of her friends just came up to her. I was like, what about Dare? Like, that sounds kind of fun. And my mom was like, all right, sounds good to me. And of course, I hated it when I was younger because... It was so different. Everybody does. But that's
0: so (laughs) badass. It's so badass. I love
1: it. I know. So I was thinking of a name and I was like, I kind of like have my unique spin on it, you know? Um, So I was just like, Simply Dare kind of sounds nice. Yeah,
0: Yeah, very cool. Thanks for taking the time to chat today. I really appreciate it.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for having
0: me. So, who are you calling crazy? I think you mean human. We are removing the stigma, y'all. Say it loud and proud. Yep, I go to therapy.